Folks, last week I announced that I was going to be giving a series in the sacraments here for the coming weeks, because today I want to begin it. There are three things that I'm assuming as I give these homilies. First of all, I'm assuming that God exists. You're like, well, that's, that makes sense. Of course God exists. Secondly, the incarnation, that God became one of us. God became man. And third, belief in the real presence, belief in the Blessed Sacrament, that right now, as we are all in church, in the tabernacle, is God. It's the real presence, as Jesus said at the Last Supper. So those three assumptions keep in mind as I give these homilies. Most people who have grown up on a farm rather quickly will learn directions, north, south, east, west. We learn them rather quickly. I was quite surprised when I went off to Fargo and then later to Detroit that there's people who do not know which direction north, south, east, and west are. I was quite surprised. But as a farm boy, as a ranch boy, as you all know, we, we learn that from a very young age. In fact, when we give directions, we say, okay, then you, you drive down such and such road, and then you turn north, and then you go you know, a mile north, and you go east, and you, you know, we, we explain it that, that way. We understand directions. Also, we realize quite quickly growing up on a farm or a ranch that if you get up super early, you can see the sun rise. And we learn that the sun rises in the east. As the sun comes up, you, you look at the beauty. It's, like, it's dark and it's getting light. And between the contrast of the, the light and the darkness, the light overcoming the darkness, there's this beautiful sunrise. This is something that's been very popular for, for peoples of the world for, for many, many ages, which is one of the reasons today is called Sunday. Today is the day of the sun. It's the first day of the week. It's, uh, it's been used in our language for a long, long time because it's, it's this day which shows a new beginning. As the sun comes up, it's a new beginning. As we begin a new week, there's a new beginning. It was very common in ancient cultures, including the Jewish culture, that when one prayed, one always turned towards the east. One turned towards the east because the sun was an image of God. But not just that. When, when we read in Genesis chapter 2, it is said that, that God builds the garden of paradise in the east. When Adam and Eve sinned and they were cast out of paradise, they were cast out of the east, they were cast into darkness, metaphorically speaking. The people of Israel longed for paradise. They longed for the east. So when they would pray, they would always face east until something happened. Until one day as they were released from Egypt... As they traveled to the east, God appeared on Mount Sinai to them. And then in appearing on Mount Sinai, God commanded Moses to build a tent, which later became the temple, where, where God would dwell in, their, in the people's midst. Then the orientation, the way people faced when they prayed, changed. They no longer looked to the east, 
but they always looked towards Jerusalem. When synagogues began to be built, places where they would gather to hear the Torah, the, the, the law of Moses, given by God, the ten, the ten Commandments, and as it was laid out, when they would gather in the synagogue, the building was, was always facing towards Jerusalem. So when one gathered, one would hear from sacred scripture, it would be discussed, and then at the end of the discussion of the, of the scripture, they would all turn to, to Jerusalem, facing the same direction, the one leading the, the prayer, as well as all those in the, uh, gathered around. They would pray to the east, or pray to Jerusalem, which sometimes, I guess, was the east. There's this image in Ezekiel. It's during the Babylonian exile. What, what's, the Babylonian exile is when, when a number of the people of Jerusalem were, were brought as slaves up into Babylon. Ezekiel was one of them. As he's there in Babylon, he has this image, the, this dream or this image that he has, which he writes down, which we can all read today. He says, I found myself in Jerusalem looking at the temple. I looked into the temple and there were all these cherubim, these angels, and there God was seated on the throne. And then God left. He went to the east door of the temple. He went to the Mount of Olives to the east. And he, his presence left Jerusalem. I did not make this connection until, until preparing for this homily. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he was in Jerusalem. And then he went to the east, to the Mount of Olives, and ascended. For centuries, since the beginning of the church, the church has always told us that when Christ comes again, he's going to come from the east. Which is why when the church made church buildings, they were always facing the east. There's a few exceptions, which I'll get to here in a moment. Our own church, which direction are you facing? You're facing the east. Because it's from the east that the rising sun, the glory, this, this image of the glory of God, and then it's from the east that Christ is going to descend and come again. So we all turn east, well, all of you turn east. And we await the arrival of God. That happened, so all churches, with a couple of exceptions, were built always facing east. One of the main exceptions, where the, the church is facing west, is St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. And the reason for that is where Peter was buried, there was a big hill to the, to the west side, of, of his um, burial. So in order for them to build the church, the congregation had to be the east side of the altar, which was above Peter's bones. So when one celebrated Mass, at first the people would be facing the altar, the priest would be facing the people. Listen to this now. But when the Eucharistic prayer took place, all of the people turned around and faced east. 
So all the people would have their back to the priest. Something changed about 500 years ago. What changed, well, even a little before that, is in the church, we began to retain the real presence of God, hidden under the appearance of bread. So tabernacles began to be established within churches, usually right at the center, right behind the altar, because it it was there that God dwelt. So one not only faced east, but one also faced God, which the east represents. So when Mass was celebrated, whenever one was talking to God, the priest would be facing God, and of course the people would be facing God as well. As time went on, the orientation of the church began to be in any direction. So if you go to Halliday, Halliday's church is is facing west. If you go to Dickinson, they're facing all kinds of directions, with the exception of Queen of Peace, which is facing east. But what ended up happening is, because we realized God is in our midst, we we turned towards God. Then something happened. The time following the Second Vatican Council. The Second Vatican Council did not say this according to Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict, as well as um, Cardinal Robert Seurat, whom Pope Francis has picked. He's still the, the prefect for the Congregation of the Doctrine of, or the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments. Both Cardinal Robert Seurat as well as Pope Benedict, said something changed after the Second Vatican Council. Something that they would both agree was not good. It was this. A number of bishops and priests wanted to go back to what the early church did. That was, that was what they were saying. And they said, we want to do what happened at the Last Supper. Because the Mass is a meal, and the altar is a table, we want to, to celebrate Mass like the Last Supper was celebrated, where we all gather around the altar, around the table. We face each other, the priest, the presider faces the people, and the people, you know, even whether they face the priest or they face each other. Pope Benedict said the only problem is this. Well, it's, it's more than just this problem, he said. But he said mainly... When, when people ate at the time of Jesus, they didn't sit at a table like we sit around. Are you guys familiar with the Last Supper image? When you look at the, most of us have it up in our homes. When you look at the Last Supper image, they're all sitting on one side of the table, right? And as a little boy, I'm sure you have as, as, as well, you're like, why are they all sitting at the same time, at the same side of the table? Like, what's, what's going on there? The reason is this. Well, they, they didn't sit at table, they reclined at table. They would have these couches on one side of the table. They would be reclined, you know, lifting themselves up on one elbow. The other side of the table would be empty because that's where the stewards would come and feed those at table. So they had to have room for, you know, to come and go. So Pope Benedict said when the Last Supper was celebrated, it was very much, very likely, you know, one-sided or maybe in the form of a sea. 
with everyone facing the same direction. Moreover, Pope Benedict points, pointed out, as well as Cardinal Robert Seurat, that once the tabernacle is in the church, now we are to face Christ. He becomes the center. You're probably asking, Father, what are you getting at here? What are you getting at? Let, let, let me go back to the, the image of the table as a meal. When, when these bishops and priests, after the Second Vatican Council, encouraged the priest to face the people, what ended up happening is the priest became the central focus. He became the presider. He became the one who everyone looked to. And then, and very often, the tabernacle was moved out of the church or off to the side, and the priest chair was put in the center. This is something that the Second Vatican Council never even taught. But all of us have experienced, right? The book that I pray out of, that all priests are to pray out, the Roman Missal, assumes that the people and the priest are facing the same direction. I didn't realize until I was in my first year of college, I was attending Mass at St. Paul's Newman Center in Fargo. I realized that when the priest is praying the Eucharistic prayer, he's not talking to the people. He's talking to God. I had never realized that before. Maybe because I wasn't paying attention. You know, probably because I wasn't paying attention. But I noticed from the priest who was celebrating Mass that during the Eucharistic prayer, he didn't look out at the people. But he would look up every now and then. And I realized, we're coming to Mass to pray. Not to have interactions with the priest. Which is actually freeing for me. Because if... If I'm not the focus of the Mass, you guys get a whole lot more out of it. But if I'm the focus of the Mass, if I have to entertain you Sunday after Sunday, and you come to Mass because of me, I'm going to let you down, guys. I'm going to. And I think that's what's happened. It's why a lot of people have stopped coming to Mass, is because the priest became the center of attention. And when the priest is... You know, he's trying to do his best, but he doesn't give a good homily. He, you know, as he's around the altar, he kind of fumbles, doesn't know what he's doing. And we're like, what's the purpose of even coming to Mass? I can just sit at home and watch it on TV. And then pretty soon one doesn't go at all. But because God is the center of the Mass, then we get something out of it. So here's my plan going forward. Deacon Dan's chair and mine, I'm going to, to move slightly so that when I'm saying the prayers of the Mass, I can face God, I can face the tabernacle. And then when I'm talking to you, of course, I will turn to you and I'll face you. So starting next week, we'll have the chairs moved. Also, at midnight Mass on Christmas Day, I'm going to celebrate Mass ad orientum, meaning facing the east. We're all going to face the same direction as well as at the Easter Vigil and Corpus Christi Sunday. 
at this point, I don't plan to celebrate Mass at Orientum outside that, with, of course, the exception of First Friday when I celebrate Mass in the extraordinary form. But I, I want you to realize that it's very difficult for me that when the Eucharistic prayer begins, when I'm standing with my back to God, facing you, it's very difficult. It's like, let me give you an image. You're having a family reunion, and there's this one person who hasn't been to the family reunion for a number of years, or a number of weeks, or whatever. And you want to catch up with that person. You're going to tell, talk to that person. But instead of talking to him or her, you turn your back to him or her, and tell him or her a story as you're facing everybody else. That's the feeling that I have with my back to God. It's hard for me until the consecration takes place, until the bread and wine are changed into Jesus' very body and blood. Then again, of course, I'm facing God. He's right, he's right before me. A number of bishops, a number of priests are beginning to celebrate Mass, often now ad orientum facing the East. It, it hasn't, I don't think it, well, I, I know of a couple of priests in our diocese who have done so, uh, but for the most part, priests in our diocese have not, which is why I'm not going to change yet. But a number of bishops across the country more and more are starting to encourage the priests to face the same direction as the people facing God. So I want, I want to encourage you to pray for us priests, pray for us clergy, that we may all recognize we're not the center of attention. It's not about us. It's about God. But also, I pray for you, pray for one another, that we all may recognize the reason we come to Mass. We come to Mass for God. We come to Mass to give Him worship, to give Him adoration, praise. We kneel before Him, saying, Here I am, Lord. I come to do Your will.